It's a podcast with my daddy and with Simon. It's funny. My daddy's going to Hollywood. Oh, be careful. It's going to be some bad words. La 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 la. <laughs> recording like a cunt. Recording like a cunt. Recording like a cunt. Cunt, 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 cunt. Monkey cunt. Okay, I am recording. Good. Yeah, all right. Should we do a, a clappity clappity clap? Okay. In three, two, one. Well, I guess that was... That was all right. That was all right. It didn't sound that great for my end. There's always a delay. I don't know what, I don't know what happens. It's because we're Hello and welcome. To each other. <laughs> oh, do you want to do that on your own? <laughs> I'd, I'd love to do that on my own, please. We're so bad at this. We haven't done it for like... How long is it? Ages. It's been about three weeks. Has it been Fuck. four, maybe more? Fuck. Hello and welcome to The Break In, a podcast for writers, directors, actors or any damn person who deserves a break. And after that intro, we probably don't. I'm Robin. I'm Simon Wan and you might listen, uh, not listen, you might hear some weird noises because I'm in a actual parkour and cheerleading gym. So there's a lot of shit going around. There's about, I can see them on the CCTV, there's about 40 kids on the sprung floor and there's a parkour station and people doing rings. So if you hear me, I have a faint or someone scream and an ambulance, it's just a normal day. It's just a normal day. So you, you went ahead and did the live episode, but without me. I did. Well, you know, it's live, kind of. It, it's, a, it's an outside-inside broadcast broadcast. <laughs> With the world's jankiest setup. I mean, that, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the way we roll, isn't it? There's, let there's me nothing, explain. There's nothing pro let, about what we do. Let's not, let's, let me explain. I'm on the desk. I'm on Jim's desk, the parkour captain, uh, in front of the CCTV. So it's a small desk. I'm using an, a, a crutch that you might use when you break your leg with a bag over the bit where you put your arm through, resting on Dulux paint, and it's all held together with a little ornament. And it's, I'm going to post you a picture of it. It's the, it is the world's worst setup. It's, if I sneeze, it will fall down, so I'm trying not to move. Should we, should we use that as the, the thumbnail <laughs> yeah. for the episode? <laughs> yeah, we should. Because, uh, well, I, we are super massive. This is episode 19 of the break-in, and I called this episode The Tough Get Going. Yeah. Yes. Go and get tough. So, <laughs> so well, we added another digit to the year, and some Christmas shit happened, and Trump is just the gift that keeps on giving. It's unbelievable. Have you been following? Yes, I have. Yeah, of course, I've been following. Um, you, like I said just before, if anyone's listening, Martin just come in the room, so there's going to be a little bit of in and out. Martin, come say hello. You can't hear anything. SD action on the case. Hello. I can't hear you, but you can hear me. That's pretty sexy. That was pretty sexy. That was Martin One, yeah. brother of Simon Martin One. One, SG action in the ha ha zizzles. Yeah, I have been, um, I have been following it, and basically, it's it's not even a joke anymore. It's I think it's quite funny. I think it's good. I think that no one is going to know what the fuck to do, so everyone's just going to do what they normally did and not worry about it. I reckon in about a year, everything's going to be just great. But it just keeps on coming. He's not even president yet, and and stuff nope. keeps coming out of the woodwork and. He's just like, no, I'm not going to answer your question. No, no, uh, I'm not going to divest from my companies, even though that's in the Constitution. Uh, yeah, fuck you. I'm Trump. Yeah, I don't want to move into the White House. And also, I, I read his the transcript from the New York Times, His um, one of his first kind of pre-electoral press conferences, about 45 minutes, and I've never read so... Well, I have read 
a lot of shit. But Jesus Christ, mate, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It literally is garbage. And the people in that newsroom just absolutely killed him. You know, if anyone's a newsmaker, it's the news people. It's not Trump. He's he's. I, I think I think I think swing the tide. Let's feel sorry for him. You know, the guy does not know what's going to hit him. He doesn't, you know, he absolutely doesn't. And um, the rest of the world is just going to absolutely rape that wig off his orange face. <laughs> he, he, he's the kind of guy who thrives in adversity. And he, he will probably see this as, as just another day in the trenches. But man, like, yeah, it's not a game. Well, to him it is. You know, he's a billionaire. What does he give a fuck? What, what, what did Obama get? He was on, what, $400,000 a year. And he's what, what I do like about Trump is he said, you know what, I'm going to take a dollar a year in, instead, you know. And I think, you know, good on him. He saved someone some money. He's gone to Give Lockheed me a Martin fucking and break. How easy is it for him to say, oh, yeah, I'll just take a dollar a day. He will be making so much money elsewhere. Fuck him. Well, he has a lot of lovely buildings. I mean, he 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 likes buildings. He's got a great, lovely building. He talks talk about these buildings. Uh, the guy's a fucking builder. Fucking overrated. That's overrated. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's, uh, uh, fuck Trump. You know, enough you know, about Trump. Yeah. Enough about Trump. Yeah. This is about this is the break, and this is our fucking podcast. And if we if we don't want to move into the White House, we won't. Well, I do. Oh, I do. Well, then I then, then we can just office. stop here, right now. Well, I mean, you know, get your visa, move in Washington. It's number one Washington, isn't it? I mean, I mean, it's like it's like Blue Peter, we, isn't it? It's, we're, like it's done. We're stopping talking about it. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Uh, What's done? Yeah. The question is, why have we had such a long break between podcasts? Well, are you asking me a question or are you posing it as a posit? Uh, a, a posit? Isn't that some kind of yeah. lemon pudding? <laughs> that's a, that's a, yeah. You know all about puddings. That's what you've been doing for a month. You've been eating pudding. I seriously have. You put a bit of weight on Christmas. I have. I've, just, I've, just, I've gone straight from injecting them. Like a, like a creme <laughs> caramel just goes straight in the- well, actually, my brother's been speed eating, and you can look at it up on his Facebook website, uh, Martin One Speed Eating Challenges. And I remember seeing you do twenty-five puddings in a minute, and your wife can contest to the fact that she was nearly sick. You were fine, <laughs> but she was nearly sick watching you. But twenty-five puddings in a minute is pretty good going. It was pretty good going. Uh, so, what have you been doing for the past three, four? Well, weeks? no, the, the, Christmas. I mean, the reason why we've had such a long break between podcasts is because we, there wasn't really anything for us to say. The whole point about the podcast was to follow our journey as we try and break into Hollywood. But as we discovered, basically the plan was if we were to break this 12-month challenge of breaking into Hollywood, we had to get an offer of paid work and we landed on writing our way in as probably the the thing we could have most control over and the thing that was most likely to get us there. Um, But we hadn't really written enough, so we had to write shit. And the thing is, (laughs) writing takes time. So really the exciting part of this journey... um, is the pitching part it's the selling part and we didn't have anything to sell really at this point i mean you were writing number two of your book um that was a terrible sentence you were writing your second book jesus christ i was writing number two of my book <laughs> and for scripts you were writing uh, number films. two of your book and you make you Why make you a b- big words on the page why you use the full stop at the end of the sentence nobody uses full That's- stop anymore full stop for crazy <laughs> Are we being racist? I no, I think we're being funny. Ah, there's a difference, is there? <laughs> well, you say that to Trump. <laughs> I well, when I, when I see anyway. him, <laughs> yeah, you tell him. Uh, yes. 
And so, well, anyway, we've been writing and there wasn't anything really particularly exciting going on. We tried to get some guests on the show, but they all flaked out. And yeah, we were just busy, 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 which is good, but it's also bad because if you've got a podcast to do, then, well, anyway, the point is we're back and we now do have things to sell. And I guess, well, we're in January now and we started this podcast in June last year. So we're kind of halfway and things will, things, yeah, things need to get serious, seriously serious. Well, you're right. This is it. I mean, we we did we spent a few months talking about why we want to do it. We spent a few weeks talking about what we should do. And I think, like you say, we spent Christmas actually doing it. The thing about writing scripts, and especially if you're writing feature films and books, is they take fucking ages, mate. You know what I mean? They really, really do. And I've struggled quite a lot with the second book. I'll be quite honest. I will have full disclosure. I was having a bit of a nervous mental breakdown when I was writing book one, which actually helped, you know. I mean, that's not a piece of advice I'd give on a list of things to do when you're writing, but it really fucking helped. That manic high when it was like, yeah, yeah, fucking do everything, it was really good. Smashed that fucking book out in about five, six weeks. With this one, I'm I'm about a week away from completion. It's going to be a lot longer than the first one. I'm looking at about 70,000 words, but I have found that I I struggled with trying to write the book and scripts. Um, I don't know why. I I can write loads and loads of specs at the same time. I can write loads and loads of treatments at the same time. I can write lots and lots of book at the same time, but writing a book and scripts for some reason my mind just wouldn't let me do it and i know you, i know you've got a more structured way of doing it you've got your train ride and you've got your your hours before and after work and whatnot but i just i just found i couldn't do it so i just had to say right stop writing the script stuff stop writing this the spec ideas and just get the, the book finished but what i've done <laughs> in the past couple of weeks is develop some scripts for channel four northern writers association award which is quite a good thing i mean it's a small amount of money there's three thousand us uk pounds which is probably about I don't know, a million dollars, um, but it's part of a mentorship and it's uh, it's linked to bona, bona fide films, so they've done a couple of drama things like that, so I've pushed into that and I've written a few applications for some other BBC BAME things, which is which, which is black and... Middle, m- middle, <coughs> middle ethnic. So it's not, it's not yeah, full yeah, ethnic, yeah. it's just like... Not full it's ethnic, like it's, it's middle so ethnic. Right in the yeah, middle yeah, of the yeah. spectrum, so you're not black or white or yellow, you're just white. No. So that's, that's I mean, what's no in box. the middle there of the is... colour wheel, isn't it? It's just white. It is, and there's never a box for half Chinese, half English. I always have to tick other, you know what I mean? You've got, you oh, got but Herdu, dude, that's, that's English, the best Turkish, one. English. That's the best one, that's I so know. mysterious. What are you? I know. Uh, he's other. not black, he's not Asian. What is he? What is he? What creature is this we have our hands on? He's a Swiss Mauritian from Nicaragua. Whatever the fuck that would be. Well, <laughs> it'd be pretty good looking. It would be, it would be, so, it would be um, something exotic. Yeah, so that's that really. I mean, and I've had to sort of, I have had to say stop writing the script stuff. Um, but luckily, for one big pitch, which was for a TV drama, um, I found on a hard drive somewhere on a laptop the forty-five page script I'd written, which which you know about, which I know about, which is kind of. Um, the story of my mother and father and how they met in the 70s and whatnot, a lot of domestic violence and gambling and that. And I've, I've always wanted to write their story from a point of view of me. You know what I mean? That sort of the middle ground, that mixed race guy. And I've never really found, not a voice, they always talk about a voice, but I didn't. I didn't find a voice for it. But now applying my book one and book two to the, and the sensibilities that to the script, um, I found quite a lot of joy in that. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's what I think as the breaking i'm going to be pitching forwards in our uh, seven eight minute joey tuccio tuccio um fucking bullshit la phone skype so i think that's that's good and i've and that's good because i found that but you on the other hand and i fi- uh, i finally finished your script which i uh, applaud because it's taken you what's that 17 years 
17, 18 years. <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. Both of us were writing. We were generating material. And that's, that's the important thing. <clears throat> Even mm. though I wasn't generating material that would go in a feature film as I thought it would, I was still generating material that can be adapted and developed into a TV show. Uh, episode two or episode six or <clears throat> basically I, I'd, I'd gone a long way down a, a path with my material so I knew it inside out and so the, the fact is I I, I kind of knew what it was but I also had explored it a lot and yeah it, it took me all year to write it but I was only writing you know an hour a day here and there and yeah, but I mean, it's, it's hard to describe on the podcast because I can't tell everyone what, what the original script was like because it will take 49 minutes. Uh, but the, the, there's a vast difference between the first draft and the second draft. And, you know, we, we bang on about the importance of first drafts and second drafts and, and uh, advancement and, and all that sort of shit. And it does make a huge difference because it's chalk and cheese, mate. The world, it's a world apart. It's very stupid talking about the podcast because I haven't seen it. But, you know, it's a world apart. And that, that time that you've had taken the first set of ideas which which I can still see in a second script uh, uh, you know and the the series version of the movie um but it's just there's a lot the pace is better the the characters are more uh, much better rounded and I, and I care about the characters more and I think that that comes across in terms of what you've done in driving yourself to be a a better screenwriter and uh, create a better story um because it's a world apart mate and not that, not that it was shit and now it's you know it's it's not shit but it's um yeah it's a great improvement and it's it's uh, really exciting to see I sound like a fucking radio DJ now. Great improvement there. Really well, <clears throat> well, when we look at Robin's uh, script, we discovered that, yeah, by rewriting it, he actually made it uh, better. So well, yeah, I mean, I love the fucking opening now, mate. I, I'll be honest with you. The last opening, pff, I wasn't too keen about. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just I'd seen it before. This one, I love it. You know, I I really really love it. And I, if I saw that on TV, um, I don't want to give any spoilers of that, but you know, I'd be like straight in there. I fucking dig it. You know what I mean? It's got a bit of BMX Bandits. It's got a bit of carry. Oh my god, you got the BMX Bandits reference. Of course, oh I fucking did. Yes. Fucking, you know well, listen, I mean? listen. Um, let, let, let's rewind a little bit and just just talk about this <laughs> process that I've been through because I've been writing this thing all year without putting any pressure under myself. And then as a result of having spent so long sitting in and kind of stewing on it, but also researching heavily, heavily, heavily the, the world that I wanted to, to write in, what happened was the fixes, the solutions, what I needed to do to it became clear. And that was great because I think it's really easy to beat yourself up over a first draft and expect it to be decent. But what you're really looking for with the first draft is to explore the ideas and the materials that you thought were the thing and then you you've got somehow you've got to then put a different pair of glasses on and look at it in a different way and I, and I I don't think I'd really fully done that yet with dramatic material and I and I, I do feel like I made it way way better and it, and it, and it, and it was just extraordinary how far I then took it and I, I think what was really great about it was I just was not precious about anything I'd previously written. If it didn't fit, I cut it out. I just got rid of it. Because the thing is, I wasn't actually throwing it away. I was just putting it to one side and it might be, be used at another time. Uh, and that's the wonderful thing about writing in Scrivener, I find, is that you, you never feel like you are writing this linear document. You feel like you're writing this composite, like, like Lego. And you can take a block mm. out and put move a block here, and and I, I love that non-linear writing stuff because it 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 suddenly feels like you don't make mistakes. You just sort of chip away at stuff, and then you move stuff around. And then you you can you can constantly re-examine where you're at. Uh, and it's great. I'm I'm very I'm very very happy with this script, and I'm 
I'm looking forward to what happens next. But before we get onto that, I, I just wanted to, to just take a little look back at the last six months and think about where we were when we started this and, and where we've got to now. Because it feels like we, we sort of flippantly came up with this 12-month time frame and we flippantly came up with this podcast idea because he thought it would be fun to do a podcast. And we probably, I don't know whether we believed it would happen or not. I'm not sure. But what the, the, the result of it has been that we've just fucking knuckled down and got serious about this shit. And six months on, I, I, I did finish the fucking script. It would have been very easy for me to just go, ah, well, never mind. But I did. I fucking finished it, right? So that's good. And you've been writing many many things and and just by virtue of writing i'm sure we've got better i uh, yeah i know exactly it's 100 you know and um it's also the process of finding out what you don't have to develop you know that, that's one thing i struggle with is is having so many ideas and thinking oh i can do this i can do that but you can't realistically you know if, even if you're developing something for a month um that's a month you know what i mean and we've got we've got 12 months to do this so it's all about prioritizing and like you say, throw things away because that little that little 3,000 word thing that you wrote before might suddenly fit into something else. It might fit into a flashback to something else you're writing. So there's, like you say, there's nothing valuable. And I do sometimes struggle with thinking, ah, fucking bollocks, you know, we're throwing things away that we shouldn't. But you're, you're right, you know, there's, 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 there's nothing shameful about starting again and having that stuff on the back burner. Sorry, I'm a bit distracted because there's been people coming in the room. But no, it's good. I think, I think that is one thing that we have learned over the six months is we've learned to prioritise what we're doing and also be able to throw things away because I know that it's hard to throw things away, especially if you think they're a good idea. It really, it really, really is. You know what I mean? Well, I think the other, the other big lesson for me this year was I have, for the longest time, like so many of us, looked at film and to a lesser extent TV as the dream job, the thing that you go, oh my God, wouldn't it be amazing to do? And I've got kind of close to it with, you know, I, I am a director for a living, that's what I do. But I think what happened this year was I really, really, really focused my shit down to TV. And, I, mm. and I've, I've just kind of dismissed film. Um, and, and, and I'm looking at it as a, would be nice if, but it's not the be all and end all. Well, films, films are different beasts. I mean, it is a hugely different beast. And I, I had to write this on that, the Channel 4 application, which, I mean, I hate those fucking boxes. You've got 300 words to sell your soul. But one of them was, it said, why do you want to work in TV? And I thought, well, you know, I actually sat and thought about it. And I said, you know, it is the last bastion of long-form content. You know, what are the, what are the opposites? You've got video clips you've got instagram snapchat 30 second one minute clips you've got these stupid fucking vloggers which i absolutely hate now um with their three minute bullshit or on the other hand of that you've got your 200 million dollar um tentpole movie which you know it, it's a it's a it's a firmer door to open and i think somewhere in the middle especially now with netflix hbo amazon prime um which at first i thought i worried about I thought, oh god no one's gonna watch TV on, on, on the internet but you know what you can do and what these um, distributors want is lots and lots and lots of content rather than spunking all your guts on one 90 minute 120 minute script you know you've got potentially hundreds and hundreds of hours not not hundreds of hours no yeah fucking hundreds of hours you know like you know 12 episodes in a season you've got five seasons so that's that's a space that you've got to explore which a lot of films sometimes suffer from, you know, that's rushed, that did, that's not explored enough, you know, the, the twists are too sharp, all, all these things that people complain about movies. Um, you don't necessarily have to follow those rules with TV series. I mean, you can, you can ape film tropes as such, but I think it just gives you, just gives you 
an audience which has a different frame of mind, which is a sit back, relax, and let this story take you, which you're not pressured to do at home or you know wherever you're going to do it um in a cinema i think you are you know i I watched rogue one recently and there were some fucking kids behind me obviously excited to see star wars their dad was there it was a big day it was christmassy i wanted to rip his fucking head off because every time i he moved he bashed the back of my seat you don't get that at home unless you've got kids (laughs) but if if the kids do that at home then yours you tell them off so you know there's a whole whole landscape of, of of entertainment you know which i think and I hope we'll be able to explore with longer form content. And that's why I think TV's better. Yeah. And, you know, production, production value is fucking hell. I mean, look, you look at something like Jessica Jones, you look at something like Stranger Things, shit looks like a movie anyway. Well, yeah, the, the, here's the thing. It's just, I, I unashamedly love it now. I love the form. I love, I love the innovations that people are still coming up with. I love the way you can introduce a character and then come back to him four weeks later and just spend a whole episode talking about that one character because that's the way life is. It's just great. I, I am. <clears throat> it's been it's been nice to be to kind of suddenly go. TV's the thing. Focus on TV. Start writing, and that's great. Um, so, some of these things that I, I feel like I learned last year. Uh, one of which was a fundamental question to this podcast, which is: Is it possible to break into Hollywood for us? And the answer is yes, it is absolutely one hundred percent because. Hollywood doesn't give a shit where you are. It doesn't give a shit how old you are. It doesn't give a shit what you've done. If you have something it wants, then shit happens. Then mm. so so really your your only job, your one and only job is to create something they want. And you cannot create that by looking at what they've already created. You've just got to commit yourself 100% to something that you love. And then do a great job of it. And if you love it, then you'll hopefully be able to pass on that passion to someone you pitch it to. And if exactly. you can and do also, that, you can start a conversation. And that's really how this all begins. You can. And also, I, I found that with, you know, I bang on it about all the time, you know, that truth and honesty thing. You know, if you, if you, if you care and love the, the project, I mean, there's, a, there's a marketing department for a channel that can make it anything they want, so it doesn't really matter. You know, if you if you if you spend your time sort of bending over backwards trying to second guess the market on things that that is already out there, you are going to fall down because you know you are. Um, yeah, hundred percent. If I yeah, if I if I pitch a TV show, you know, I really like fucking dude. He's, he's really he's really good on computers, and you know, he goes around and tries to fuck up this company on his phone. You're like, dude, that's fucking being done. You know. But if you really, really loved it, and you know you fought for it, I mean, they they can rebrand it, you know. But I think that is a fine line, actually. It's um, how far over do you bend when there's a project that you love? Well, here's the thing: we're in a position where we have nothing to lose, so mm. we might as well pitch the thing that's fucking balls out crazy, or just the thing that we really, 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 really believe in. And what have we got to lose? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. So the next thing is wh- where we are geographically is no impediment. In fact, I actually think where we are can be an advantage because it's a talking point. Oh, that guy from Amsterdam or that guy from London or from Leeds. We kind of have to play off our differences and play the card. Oh, we're not like all the other writers you're going to meet in LA who all hang out with each other and all speak in the same voice and all this kind of stuff. We an up talk and fuck knows what. That's not us. So we can use that. And that's an advantage. For sure. You mean what you're trying to say is you don't want to meet me at uh, the corner of horse poke and rye for a, a clam baked <laughs> smoothie. Uh, well, if it's <laughs> if it's horse bacon Trump sphincter, then yeah, <laughs> fine. Um, so the next thing is it, it's yes, it's possible, but it's probably going to cost money. 
there is going to be a financial outlay. Uh, we're just going to have to accept that. Um, the only way we're going to be able to cut through is by being excellent. So our work has to be not A's, but A pluses. And we also have to have a plan A and a plan B and a plan C so that when we move to LA or we have to go to LA, we're not f financially fucked. And the other next thing is it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I've really been the beneficiary of that this year, just taking it one little step at a time and seeing the rewards rather than, you know, as I have done in the past, finding a weak window before a deadline and then just fucking rushing something out. Uh, I've really done it properly this time. My last thing that I've learned is podcasts are amazing and they are a treasure trove of awesomeness and they are free. And without podcasts, I wouldn't know jack shit this year. But because I, know, I told you about this, mate. Honestly, I've, I've been I've been a bastion of podcasting. You have, for ages. you have. It's good. And I, but the thing and is, I didn't I didn't have a an access point for it. And also, I didn't actually want to be a writer before. I didn't mm. realize, I didn't really understand where the power was in terms of writing. I just thought it was a thing that got in the way and was a bit annoying and was quite hard. And I didn't really fancy spending the time learning it, uh, which I'm sure is the same of most directors who are sort of call themselves writer-directors because they're much more directors than writers. Well, that's different. It's, that is an anomaly because I, I have no desire to direct. Um, actually, just um, quickly while you're here, um, someone's just come in the room, special guy. Uh, it's Jim Key, who played um, my body double in the international award film, film Dog. Say hello, you can't hear. Hello. Hello, hello, Jim. Whoever's listening. Robin says, hello, Jim. What up, Robin? Hello. Yeah, Jim, Jim is a stuntman. He's a genuine stuntman. He can't, yeah, he can't hear, so it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can hear Simon. He can I hear can't me. Hear you, Robin? Yeah, this is well, so well on radio. I, no. I didn't think about this one. <laughs> it's perfectly executed. Yeah, so that was Jim has Jim, Jim has lovely earlobes. They're just so they're so yeah. they're so fleshy and pink. Yeah, yeah, he does. Can you see him? I I can. I can see him every day in my dreams. That's really weird. Yeah, so he's the guy that took all the, that crazy flipping fall and. Um, smash stuff up uh, as dog so i guess the uh, nomination for action star really goes to him he kicked the asian out of me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so going back to that thing i mean i've i have no desire to direct anymore i mean unless you chuck a million quid at me and said do it i, d I don't want to do it you know i did do well, at university I, what i wanted to so obviously when i left university i joined a band um but yeah i mean it's it is a difference they're, they're the, the whole thing of writer director and i think that that's where you fit in slightly but i think i can let something go in terms of writing, could you, Robin, let something go? As a director-writer, could you let your writing be directed by someone else? Yeah, totally. Would you not be all fiddly and um, on set and annoying? No, I'm, be I'm over that now. I'm over that now. Really? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah totally. I'm going to put you to the test on that. Well, no, but, but you know, I, I understand that there is a system and, and you, you're a cog in the machine. I, I, it's not to say that I wouldn't be uppity at certain, <laughs> certain stages, but yeah. So um, the question is, what now? I have actually finished my pilot. The response <laughs> seems to have been pretty good. And what you said about the opening, the first mm. five pages uh, is very heartening because everyone's loved it. Everyone's it really did, loved it. Was... And, I, and I, I, wrote it, I wrote it after midnight in about half an hour and it's barely changed. <laughs> That's the fucked up thing. I had, this vision, I had this vision in my head of a birthday party at a water slide park and I wrote it. And that was it. <laughs> it's done. 
Mate, it's good feels. I mean, I mean that's what I've learned from my book. is It's, it's a constant, it's a wave. You know, you, have, you, 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 pr- you present something, you, you give someone an expectation, and then you take it away from them. You can, and you can either do that dramatically, or you can either do it violently, or you can do it with comedy. Um, I think stories without that are just flat. Yeah, they might be an interesting story, but it's on a level, it's on a monotone. It's like, this, this happened, and then that happened, and that happened, and that happened. If you go... This is happening, and then you think this is going to happen next, and boom, it doesn't. Or you know, that is where you create drama. And I think having that little uh, opening completely and utterly changed the game for me. Before I liked it, I thought it was interesting. I thought there was good ideas. This I brought into it straight away because I thought now I'm vested in this. I'm not going to give any spoilers. Now I'm vested in this particular character. Now, yeah, I've that seen was important. That was important because she she uh, there was one line that she says. That, mm. that changes everything, and because it, because it's coming out of who it, who is coming out of his mouth, that that was really fun to write. It was just like I, I was trying to write a character who you have all these visual expectations of, and then suddenly she says, "What? I like it." Anyway, so listen, I I, I have news for you because I've been busy, and so so now that I finished my pilot, there was no time to waste. I I missed the roadmap writers. Uh, competition deadline, which I was pissed about because uh, the pool for roadmap writers is a lot smaller than it would be for stage 32, and there was a better chance of getting it seen, but I missed it. Uh, I've been submitting to competitions um, where the prize is specifically a plane trip to LA and meetings with managers. Uh, whether I get through on any of them, I don't know, but but those are the ones I've been submitting to. Been writing through the materials for Sundance Episodic Lab, and here's the biggie. I paid for coverage from a manager whose name is Jairo Alvarado. At Circle That's a of fucking cool name, mate. That's a cool fucking name. So Jairo is a, is a manager at Circle of Confusion, and he's kind of pretty special. Uh, I've wanted to get something in front of him for a long time. Uh, but here's his blurb. So Jairo Alvarado's eye to develop high concepts and genre work is what led him to Circle of Confusion. As a manager, Jairo is responsible for discovering Amsterdam-based filmmaker Misha Rosema and developing his short film Sundays, which sparked a multi-studio bidding war and was eventually acquired by Warner Brothers for a seven-figure development deal. Uh, prior to joining Circle Infusion, Jairo built a reputation for finding up-and-coming talent, working as a manager at Three Arts Entertainment and at Warner Brothers, where in 2009 he was credited for spotting Uruguayan director Fede Alvarez and his short Panic Attack. Alvarez would go on to direct Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. So Hiro basically is a guy who is on the lookout for exactly the kind of material that I do and that I write. He sounds, Jap- he sounds Japanese and Mexican, which is a deadly fucking Oh, uh, he's Hispanic. He's Hispanic for sure. So here's what I did. Uh, an opportunity came up to get my script in front of the whole script for him to read it and then for me to get a half-hour phone call with him. So basically, uh, obviously I had to pay for it. It's 125 bucks, but... I knew I was going to have to fork out some money at some point. I also knew that I would be pitching this thing. And so I figured at this stage, getting this material in front of this guy rather than just any old exec would be a smart thing to do. So I did that just before Christmas. And it usually takes about three weeks for them to come back with your coverage. Coverage is probably two to three pages. And then I will get my half hour phone call with Hiro. Now, when you when you think about stuff like that, you just go, okay, cool. The guy's going to love my material. He's going to sign me in a heartbeat. That's unlikely. But I have enough faith in the material that I think he will like it and that he'll be enthusiastic whoa, about whoa, it. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa. 
wait for you. Wait till you have the phone call, my friend. Well, yeah, the, I, I, yeah, the, the best, the, the the most likely outcome is he says, "Here are some things you can change. Good job. Uh, good luck." And but you never know. He might say, "Great." Uh, anyway, I have now. You- I have. I'm expecting the feedback in a week or so. Uh, he also is he? Do you think, are you going to link him in the podcast? Because I was going to do a bad impression of what he might say. He <laughs> <laughs> might say, "Hey, hombre, well, I don't like your script, eh? I know, I know, you don't like Joey Tuccio because he didn't reply to emails. But I did email Joey uh, just before Christmas to say congratulations on four months of Roman writers. It looks like it's going great. I now have a finished pilot, and I'm going to start pitching it soon. And he said, "Yeah, you're amazing. Let me know how I can help." So Joey, yeah, still, Joey, still. I sent, I sent him a song. I sent him a bloody song. Yeah, well, that's fine. Well, Joey, Joey's still on our side. So I'm, I'm. Uh, Weird enough, the coverage I bought was actually through Stage Thirty Two, which is a rival organization to Roadmap. So I, w- I will keep that on the QT. But I've now gone ahead and booked. <laughs> I've, now, to the I've now gone ahead and booked pitches on Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th of January. So I'm going to be pitching to Adrian Garcia, who's an agent of Paradigm. I'm going to be pitching to Sidney Munster, who's an assistant at Dynamic Television. But as we now know, assistants are really your best friends. Yep. Um, Sydney's blurb reads like this. They specialize in TV projects only, network, cable and digital, drama, comedy, sci-fi, action, adventure, fantasy, thriller. She loves... Futuristic, post-apocalyptic, true stories, female-driven, psychological, high-concept graphic novels. Does that sound like my script? I mean, yeah. Pretty much <laughs> fucking spot on, right? Uh, like I'm it. also going to be exactly pitching like to Aldo Chang, who's a story editor at Odd Lot. So there's two production companies. And then the final one is Daniel Vang. And Daniel Vang is a manager at Good Fear, which probably doesn't mean anything to you. But Good Fear was set up by Chris Bender, who was of Bender Spink. Chris Bender? Yeah, who are a huge management agency. So this is his new company. And Daniel was his assistant at Bender Spink and is now his assistant at Good Fear. And he's basically the through line to a guy at a very big management agency. And they have a reputation, again, for this kind of material. So I will be working on my pitch. And I'll be working on that to pitch at the end of the month. Well, what, I'm gonna, what I suggest then, what I suggest is what I am going to suggest right now. I suggest that we do a, we do a, we do a two or three phase pre pitch where I will be various characters of with which I will not tell you their mo. So I want you to pitch to me live on air, um, and I'll be three different pitches. Um, <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not going to do that. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. Why not? Because I'm not giving away my material. Um, that's a fair point. Although you already have, you've already told everyone what it's about. Yeah, but that was ancient news. That was ancient news. The the specifics of it now are too specific and too proprietary. So it's about I'm, a street I'm cat a... named Dave, isn't it? About it is. A black it's, cat it's, it's, it's about just... it's about a a cat with Alzheimer's. <laughs> oh, and that's fine. Um, no, no, I'm 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 confident in the pitch because the. Writing the materials for Sundance, they they, well, really, we'll they force off, you to we'll focus down on on everything we'll, that you're. The, 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 the Sundance uh, Labs application is pretty uh, onerous, and it makes you really f- work through what you're doing. But um, the thing I about wanna, Sundance I wanna, is that I, I just want to rag your balls, though. I want to rag your balls and put on an accent. I was gonna go, hey, why why do you saw this fucking movie check shit you talk about? And then I go, oh, why are you throwing the film like this for? I, what, I'm do what, anyway. what do you mean? Uh, if you, it, don't, anyway. if you don't get a fucking pizza, 
I ain't going to put any fucking money in it. You get me? Aldo Chang is like the world's first Jewish Chinese producer. <sighs> it's good. It's good. I'm excited. I'm excited to be yeah, pitching. Yeah, it sounds uh, it. I don't think I, I'm ready yet. Yeah, I, I, I know my material. I've got to work on my pitch. And I know I've got... I just have so many neat, good phrases that... That, that sit nicely that will, will will act as the spine of the pitch and, uh, and I uh, yeah I'm gonna fuck up the first one I'm sure. Well, hit but, me um, with a phrase if you say loquacious and antipodean or anything posh. Well, you know, you know, you know all my shit about future primitives. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You know, it's it's the found it's the, yeah, we're gonna bring about the foundation of a future primitive utopia. And do, it, do it in a red. I dare you to. Do, I'll do it in a redneck accent and live streaming. That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's an awesome pitch story about Matthew McConaughey's brother. Have you heard this oh, pitch yeah. story? Yeah, uh, no, no, it's, it's he, uh, they went into Warner's or something, and, uh, <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey brings in his brother, who's fucking smashed, and he's he's pitching this cartoon about his life, <laughs> and he comes in with a crate of beer, starts handing out beers, and do you know what Matthew McConaughey's brother's name is? What? Rooster. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> How That's good fucking is that? a rule Yeah, but actually, saying that, what was that TV company we took SMR to? I can never forget to remember their name. They used to do. Anyway, there's a TV company we had a meeting with in Farringdon, and I can you remember I got pissed. I was <laughs> I had that uh, little vial of um, brandy before I went in. Went in full full character. <laughs> we didn't get the job, <laughs> but still, it's a, it's a technique. <laughs> It is a technique. It, it was good fun. Um, so, dude, that's that's what I'm going to be doing. I, I I'm in I'm in the game. I'm in the game. Okay, it feels good. fucking good, well, man. Because I, I I'm I'm genuinely stoked about what I've written, and I'm genuinely stoked to be. see what kind of reaction I'm going to get. And it, and I I have I've actually started writing the next one. I haven't started writing anything, but I'm I've started working on it. So because I, I know you mean, that, you've you've thought about it, having a shit, haven't you? No, no, I haven't. I, I've I've started um, breaking the story. And I have cards on a board, but I, I, it takes so fucking long to apply for shit. It takes the Sundance application has been taking me forever. Tell me about forever. that. Never mind that. All, all the the uh, the BAME and the Channel Four that I've submitted to are both fucking reveal in June. It's like, come on, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. You just got to keep putting shit out there and and coming back. But I thought it might be interesting also to to talk about the costs. So far, uh, so basically, competition costs. Uh, I'm looking at around 150 bucks so far in this process. That's uh, all right. Pitching in January, 125 bucks, and the cost of Hiro's coverage and phone call was 135 bucks. But the thing is, I figured it was a gamble worth paying. But I, I, I there the, the will come a point where I'm no longer willing to to pay money, which is why these pitches need to be fucking sick mm. and whatever feedback I get from Hiro, I need to execute it or ignore it depending on how I feel about it pretty fast so that if I get uh, a request to read from any of these people I pitch to, then yeah, we go from there. Well, that's good. I think with me, I've, I'm, once I've got this book done out the fucking door, which is going to be in the next 10 days to two weeks, I keep saying 10 days, but as long as it's it is it's it's finishing it's it's getting to the end. Um, I'm going to develop my um, you dim some you lose some. But I I found out that there is kind of a phrase called that. So I'm I'm struggling to find a new title for it. But 
I am pitching that and I want to pitch it as a four-part drama. So that's what I'm going to concentrate on because I've got a lot of the material. I've got the style and the blah, blah voice now. So rather than um, try and tap into all the other 10 million ideas I've got, I'm going to I'm going to concentrate on that. And that's what I'm going to get ready to pitch. Well, that, um, that's that's the thing. You, you your, your approach has to be catastrophe, flea bag, yep. Kimmy Schmidt. It just mm-hmm. has to be. It has to come out of fucking nowhere. Rocket ships, spangly ponies on crocodiles. Whereas mine, mine has to be. This guy can really fucking execute mainstream commercial action thriller bullshit, and his writing is fun to read. So, mm. so well, I, I'm, I'm coming from a very different place to you. Uh, but they, I mean, they they both work, you know. But essentially, the same. You know, they have to they have to be entertaining at the end of the day. It has yeah. to be entertaining. Right, so I think we're coming to the end of this little one. So I, I don't think I've got much more space on this card because it's kind of ramshackle. I've got Jim on the floor. He's rolling his arm on a lacrosse ball because we've just done battle rope. Martin is walking around. He's about to do rings. And it's just the weirdest place I've done a podcast. It's quite good. No, it's good, but that's the great thing. We, 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 we can keep them short from now on because there'll be a weekly progress report on what we're up to and what we're doing. And I think that's, if there's anything we can share from this podcast, it's, it, it's now. It's getting real. It's how did we do it what did we do where did we get it wrong and how did we get on with it uh because that's the bit that you know when people talk about how they broke in you never hear about they just oh i've got a manager yeah and then what stories. happens but yeah, like no exactly. this is this is this is the bit um and we've done the first well i feel like i've done the first bit which is to create a piece of material that i really genuinely believe can get people excited and now I'm waiting for the first industry responses. So that's going to be kind of interesting. But but rather than, yeah, I, I kind of felt that this, this phone call with Hyro was worth paying for. We shall see. Well, we I shall bet, see. I always, I I always get it. I thought it was worth it. I, I, my hackles kind of go, oh, when, you, when you see these things and it's just like fucking this these dollars. It's like a dollar sign next to it. Yeah, but like we talked about in episode number, beep, insert. Episode number, you know, like yeah, the logistics of going to LA and staying in a hotel, it's it's gonna lot, it's gonna cost a lot more. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's definitely a cheaper way of doing it. But uh, there there will there will come a point where I'm like, fuck that, I'm not writing, I'm not spending anymore. Well, that is but the difference with the English ones. I've the uh, things I've submitted to uh, England is it's not so much a fee. You just have to have a bit of a weird ethnic face, and <laughs> and that's the fee. Yeah, uh, you know. Also, we we're probably. Two, yeah, it was two, yeah, two, two and a half weeks ago we submitted to Creative England, so it's probably another yes. three and a half, three and a half, four weeks before we hear from them. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm positive for that. I think we've got a great team. Like you say, it's it's more about the team. I, I spoke to Mike Leader as well to congratulate him on the Donnie Yen Rogue One thing, and he's very interested. You know, he, he's like, let just keep me going, let me know, and assume whatever you want. It's just great having him because you now can associate him with Rogue One because it's, you know, he's on the credits and uh, he's he a is. Big, he's a big badass kung fu dude that pretty much loves the script so fingers crossed on that one if not I'm gonna fucking knock some shit fucking yeah. so listen what, what have you been watching because um, I'm sure you've been watching something I have been watching Avatar it's a Nickelodeon cartoon series that my brother and Jim and the SG stunt team have been talking about for years going oh watch this and I and I turns out I thought I'd watched a fucking episode and I wasn't into it turns out I, I watched maybe three or four seconds switched it off but it's really really good and, I, and, I, and you know something you can watch, watch with Abby and, and Oscar it's um it's such good storytelling. It's it's all in the writing. And I know you don't like Doctor Who, but it's very Doctor Who. It's very Mr. 
<laughs> That's the theme tune. That's the theme tune by uh, official Bollywood stuntman Martin Wan. <laughs> but I've been watching that. And it's really, really good. Honestly, it's it's really, really good. The writing is amazing in terms of storytelling. Sick. Um, I've been watching. I've been watching the Americans. And justified. Justified. Yo, it's me. Hello, Martin. Hello. You're very echoey. I am very echoey. Well, How that's because old? because you're on Facebook. That's true. How old's Facebook Abby? Call. Abby's four. Four. Uh, you got two years left. In two years' time, you're going to be watching the most amazing series you'll ever see in your entire life. I can't wait. I know. Is it Me the neither. last? Is it the last Airbender? It's about yeah. a load of benders and non-benders <laughs> and their struggle to to stop to being world. benders. Yeah. <laughs> you have you have to overlook that thing as an as an to English keep to keep on the straight and narrow. You have to overlook the fact that they say benders are, but no, it really is. It's it's beautiful storytelling and it's it's just the pace is so good. In terms, if you want to learn about cliffhangers. Honestly, you just watch a few series because you want it. It just gets you. It grips you so much. And I've been watching that. Uh, I've been watching lots of weird documentaries and Rogue One mainly. Ah, uh, Rogue One. Well, that's great, man. I I, I dipped into Justified because I hadn't seen it before, and fuck me, it's great. The writing is so good. The acting is so good. Uh, and the Americans is 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 a sort of slow burner, but it's starting to get kind of cool. I'm only on season one, but yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. Cool. So there we go. So if you want to get in touch with us and suggest a topic or just tell us your story, you can contact me. I am DJ at lskid.com. No. I don't know what happens to me in this last bit. I just go, hey, auction uh, uh, 107.9. And we are talking it's with uh, did, Simon. It's because uh, you did radio. It's because I did radio back in the day. And uh, we'll be uh, right back. Just a big shout out to Margaret in Ward 4. It's something happens to your punctuation. And it goes uh, because uh, when you're doing radio, you... I like to think that you can just talk, but your brain doesn't really work like that. So, fantastic news. <laughs> you can subscribe to us on iTunes, search for the break-in, all separate words, or leave us a review, because that helps us get up the rankings. Uh, we need to start doing more podcasts if we want to get up the rankings. And we need yeah, to do some do. marketing if we want to get the rankings. We don't give a shit. If you're listening to this, it's because at some point you liked something that we did. And if you like it more, you will go back and see how we got here. Uh, we hope that you enjoy it. Swanny's on Twitter. I am Simon One, and I'm on there as Dir Schmidt. Though I'm barely on there anymore because I'm just too fucking busy. Uh, but we will be continuing to share our ongoing adventures and journeys as we pursue Battleship LA. Uh, Excellent. Is that it? Is that, no, how we, is that how we end? No. Fucking gonna, rubbish. We're normally a bit yeah, better than that. You well, normally say uh, something stupid and then I just don't say anything else. Okay, what we're going to do now is we are going to burn. We're going to first scrape off the coating of a CD with an X-Acto blade. And then we're going to heat it gently until it bubbles and then blow it. Because I tell you what, if you do that, you get this weird 3D bubble that shoots out of the plastic. Look it up, YouTube. <laughs> is that what you want? <laughs> That kind of thing. <laughs> we are, we are gonna, we are gonna do it. <laughs> uh, well, that's it then. Uh, see you next week. <laughs> Later, <laughs> peace. It's a podcast with my daddy and with Simon. It's funny. My daddy's going to Hollywood. Oh, be careful! It's going to be some bad words. La 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 la. la. <laughs>